So in part one, we talked about the three legal phases, competent, incompetent, deceased. We talked about the methods of transfer, both judicial, contractual, and legislative. And then we talked a little bit about estate planning document administration. Now today, in part two, we're going to talk about two items, one, personal care documents and asset management documents. This is Paul Truesdell, and you are listening to episode 102 of Connecting Dots. And make sure to read the disclaimer in our show notes before each episode. When it comes to personal care documents, there are the following. Living wills, okay, the DNR, which is do not resuscitate. The health care power of attorney, the pre-need guardian affidavit. And then we have two more. One is known as the Uniform Medical Information Release and then Letters of Instruction. We're going to talk about each one of those in order. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about asset management and distribution documents. And those are the pour over will, the revocable living trust, the financial power of attorney, and again, the pre-need guardian affidavit and letters of instruction. If you are not taking notes, I encourage you to do so. And if you are listening on one of our favorite podcast players, iTunes or Overcast, you might want to go to dots.fm. That's dots.fm in order to see our outline and we'll put a PDF up as well. So living wills, you're terminally ill and there's no hope of survival. You want to name someone who is going to make medical care decisions for you when you are terminally ill. You want to have a primary agent and a secondary agent. And in your living will, you want to make specific reference to nutrition and hydration. Do you want to have ice chips? Do you want to be kept comfortable with all sorts of different things? Some people, you know, they want to be forced fed. Some people do not want to die. They're going to go out no matter how painful it is. They want to keep going. Now, that's entirely up to you. In addition, you need to understand, you need to make sure that you have your original and your copies. And what we always suggest is that you make sure that whatever emergency rooms you are most likely to be going to, even your local area, you can actually create a chart for yourself ahead of time. Hospitals will do that. And so you have your living will there. You see, what happens is a lot of times when you have a living will and you're rushed into a hospital, they want you to sign, sign, sign things, and you could sign a new living will, which supersedes the one that was drafted by your attorney that clearly and concisely articulates your wishes. And that's a really bad thing. In addition to which, you want to have provisions in there known as spousal abandonment. And if you're a client of our firm, we'll give you all the details about that in our section on education. And we're talking specifically about the state of Florida. We're not giving legal advice in any way, shape, or form, but understand that the DNR is something that many states have implemented, and it simply means do not resuscitate. When you execute one of these things, generally you're going into a hospice-type situation. You're at the very end stages of your life. And in the state of Florida, this is one of those documents that can be actually uh, executed for you by someone else. I did that for my sister. I did it one for my mother as well as my father. Now, you understand the other item is a healthcare power of attorney. You're not terminally ill. You're not dying. But what type of medical care do you want and who's going to make that medical care decisions for you? That's what the healthcare power is. So the living will, you're terminally ill. You're going to die. The DNR, it's any day now. You're at the very end stages of life. And then you have the healthcare power of attorney, which simply states, and I'm not dying and dead, but I can't care for myself. These should be three distinctly different documents, in our opinion. Some attorneys like to combine them all into one, but that's not the way we think it should be done. 
Now we're going to talk about the pre-need guardian affidavit in terms of personal care. And I'm going to jump down to asset management because it basically says if you have, for example, someone who's handling your estate and you have loved ones that start to fight and one wants to take control over you, in Florida, the statute is 744-3045, and these are basically known as judicial handcuffs. In other words, the court is going to have to follow the pecking order that you've established and cannot deviate it unless there's a really overpowerful, overriding reason to do so. Now, the next item, the letter of instruction, is simply all the things that you would want to have have done. They don't belong in a living will. They don't belong in a health care, but things that you want to have done for you, you can do it in audio, written, video, something you do. You know, you might want to have the room cool or hot, flowers, all sorts of different things. And the same thing, these two things apply to your assets. You know, all the distribution of, of certain things like who's cutting your grass, where the utilities are, you know, all sorts of things that don't belong in basic documents. Now, these are two items for our clients. We go in deep, deep dives and talk extensively about, and again, as part of our educate system here at Fixed Cost Financial. And lastly, under the category of personal care documents, we have uniform medical information release. Now, because of the HIPAA laws, a lot of people want to have forms signed, releasing, lab, releasing information to other people. I can tell you an attorney that has a uniform medical information release really knows what they're doing because there are a lot of people that you may want to have information given to, but not other information. And that is something that you should talk with your attorney at great length about. Now let's move into asset management and distribution documents. We'll start with the revocable living trust, which is nothing more than a contract between you and yourself. You as the grantor and the trustee for the benefit of the beneficiary. All three of those people are you. Now, I'm not going to get into the details because I just want to give you an overview, but the document that you want as a safety net or your revocable living trust is the pour over will. Just like the document as a safety net to your revocable trust is the durable power of attorney or the financial power of attorney. Now, that's a key thing because you may have a revocable living trust, but for some reason, something didn't make it into the trust. The pour over will simply takes that asset, goes through probate, and then it goes into your trust for distribution. And your trust will have certain items in it, such as a gifting schedule and with something, something known as a residuary distribution or the final distribution. Here's the key thing. You're going to have a trust certification. You're going to have a lot of different items there. That's a complex topic, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. The financial power of attorney is a safety net. For example, you have an IRA. Your spouse cannot do anything with your IRA unless you grant them authority. So let's say you're 75, you have a stroke, you're in a hospital, you're a babbling fool, you can't do anything. You're all messed up. It just is what it is. You need that financial power of attorney for someone to make those decisions for you like your minimum required distributions. So you don't set it up on a systematic basis. It's done, you know, whenever you call your broker and you're kind of a pain in the rear end. Uh, you know, you're always barking orders and everything else because you've got some money and you're a big man on campus. Well, guess what? Now this year you can't speak for yourself. Your spouse cannot authorize a distribution. You may have to have guardianship. And again, you don't want the courts involved. Now we already talked about pre-need guardian affidavits. We talked about letters of instruction, but Understand all of these things work together. That is just a really quick overview of what the basic documents are. And again, for those who are clients of fixed cost financial, we really get into this in detail so that you can do your documents with an attorney efficiently and effectively.
Well, that's going to do it today for episode 102 on Connecting Dots. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Paul Truzdo with Fixed Cost Financial. If you have an idea, tip, a trick, or just want to opine, give us a call. 888-629-7864. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and we have launched on YouTube. We always wanted to stay away from YouTube, so I had to go ahead and do it so you can check that out. And if you would, like us, share, subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. We like Overcast more than anybody else. But with that, I'll be back tomorrow with episode three of Estate Planning. That's what we're going to do this week. All rights reserved. Reproduction or use without written authorization prohibited without written authorization.